killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there.
to try and actually fix your reputation is acknowledge that through leaks, we had to find out that Zelensky was going to bomb Moscow on the anniversary. I mean, if you're so impartial, shouldn't you at least say, right, that Zelensky was going to bring us on the verge of World War III? That seems pretty fair. While Julian Assange rots in prison, all of you got, you know, fat checks because he's in jail for doing your job. And you know what, Tucker Carlson ain't no Seymour Hersh, but he did something you guys are scared to do, speak the truth and actually be critical of the war, which is why he was actually fired from Fox, because you are all cowards, every single one of you. None of you have actually had any relevancy. And you know what, the mainstream press is now dying. Nobody's ever gonna listen to you again. You have no credibility with the public. The only people who care about what you have to say are elite assholes who have nothing productive to say anymore. And it's dying off. So will you at least say something, either about Nord Stream or Ukraine or the fact that Zelensky brought us to the verge of World War III and the only reason we knew about that was through leaks? I'm, go ahead, it's a free speech event, right? You guys are the press. Let's say something here. Mr. Khan, come on, you know, you're the executive head of the New York Times, you know? I'm just trying to get into some good trouble here, man. Listen, Karen, get out of my face for a second. I gotta talk to these gentlemen. <clears throat> I just wanna hear what they have to say. Go ahead, I'm done. You know, that's Wait your turn. You can you project if we can't. Yeah. We're on the verge of World War Three. Say something about this bombing. We blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Listen, don't stand there while there are people rotting in prison. Nobody say anything about Uhuru, right? The socialists who are in jail for being critical of this war? God damn it! At least say something about the people in jail for being critical of this war. They don't deserve to be in prison right now! Is this the lecture hall with Seymour Hirsch? Team Hawk presents. Dear Israel, you have been fighting Palestine for over 60 years for now. Using advanced weapons and the USA's financial aid against a country that has no army, no weapons, no money, and no central government. And you still haven't managed to win. When will you get it? You can't beat a country that is protected by the Almighty God. Free Palestine, free Ummah, free the love for the people of the Palestinians. Hang in there with patience, my dear sisters and brothers. Even if we are not with you, we are with you spiritually with our prayers. And we believe the great and successful victory will come to you soon in the dunya. Trust God's word and what he has promised us all. In the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty mentions his promise which he made regarding the promised land, Palestine. He said, And already have we written in the book of David after the exhortation that my righteous servants shall inherit the land.
Every time you walk into a Canadian Tire, it's clear you're on camera. But for three years, the retailer was doing a lot more than just record video. They were capturing the images of shoppers as they were coming uh, through their doors, uh, reducing those to a, a template, and comparing those against the database to see if uh, any one of us entering the store were a potential shoplifter or committing fraud. It's that action that has been deemed illegal by BC's Privacy and Information Commissioner, Michael McAvoy, releasing his investigation Thursday, finding four Canadian tire stores in BC use the technology without consent. The company ultimately admitted to facial recognition in 12 locations in total. They stopped the practice, dismantled the gear once they were notified they were under investigation. Not only discontinued the use, but made sure that the uh, images that were gathered of, of you and I and, and uh, every customer were securely destroyed. In a statement, Canadian Tire says facial recognition technology was not used in any corporate-owned stores or offices. The Privacy Commissioner also looked at other Canadian retailers and it found only Canadian Tire was using the technology. This investigation serves as a bit of a, a reminder to retailers that this is not an area you want to go down uh, lightly. And even though the Privacy Commissioner found Canadian Tire broke privacy laws, they don't face any financial penalties. The reason why? The Commissioner doesn't actually have the power to fine. That's something that I have called for, that in fact a committee of the legislature has called for. Government has yet to act on that. The Commissioner is also calling on the province to amend the Personal Information Protection Act to require organizations to notify the Privacy Commissioner's office before deploying facial recognition. Of course, we'll continue to, to monitor and review and see if there's any strengthening that does need to happen. But it's important that people know their information is being protected. And even though the cameras are still up, the commitment is none of these videos are being used with facial recognition. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Single women who are over 50 years old who have been reaching out to me for wife coaching tips, I'm no longer taking them. Don't pay the money through my website because I'm just going to refund it to you. I've had a couple of experiences this week and here's why. Most of you, not all, but 99% of the women who are 53 and older, specifically 53, 55, 57, 59, 61, 64, in those age brackets, have been the most challenging for me to coach because the standards are unrealistically high. I get that you're old school and I get that your mom raised you to only interact with gentlemen, but most of the men who do all of the stuff that you're wanting are dead or they're not looking for 55 or 57 year old women. There are some younger men who do that. You, you don't want an old man because he can't perform in bed. Well, the younger men don't want an older woman because some of you have arthritis. Some of you have missing teeth. You have gray hair. You have grandkids. Like you got to be realistic and balanced in your thinking. So listen, the other thing is these social media dating sites or whatever you call these things, these I've seen modernized female whores in those sites, meeting strange men, having sex with them. You don't know them. And I'm talking about women of God. You've got to make some shifts and some changes in how you think and how you process if you want to be married. Now, if you just want to be somebody's jump off and you just want to be somebody's cougar, 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 or somebody's fuck. Uh, I called on the Lord. I said, man, the Father, this is real. Will you watch over them? Will you raise them up to be strong? I don't, I, I'm just a man with flesh. This is what you call for in your scriptures. 
You said they wore studs and fringes. They got it all. You said they to follow the law. They doing it. You said on the house side they ought to love one another. Are they doing it? I said, Lord, these is your ex criminals and drug dealers. They turned their life around to be down with you. Please, God. Please don't turn on. Please forgive them. Please let them repent for what has happened to them, Lord. Please give them their kingdom back and serve this beast for 400 years. I lost hope for a second. For a second. You know, you, you know, if you ain't got Miami, Miami, and all these generals there, you want to buckle. Buckle a couple times, you know what I'm saying? That's why you hear me, I don't even look back. I'm looking back because if I fall, you're going to get me. Because I'm leading, baby. The pressure is off. They want to shut the convention center down. They want us to stop. But man, don't we deserve a shot? Don't we deserve a shot to be the Lord's people? Israel, let's do it. I've heard you talk about parents' rights to raise their kids how they want. In fact, I just double-checked. You voted no on making it illegal for kids to be married to adults at the age of 12 if their parents consented to it. You said, actually, that should be the law because it's the parents' right and the kids' right to decide what's best for them to be raped by an adult. Okay? Do you know kids who have been With married marriage. at age 12? That any, was the law. You, know you voted kids, not to change it. Do you know any kids who have been married at age 12? I, I, I don't need to. I do. Uh, and guess what? They're still married. Gentlemen. Are black men complaining about dating a woman on government assistance. You know why? Because men, I never heard a man say, oh, I'm not, I don't want to date her because she get food stamps. I don't want to date her because she got a Section 8 voucher. I don't want to date her because she lives in the projects. I never heard a black man say that, but you will hear black men, black women on social media all day. Oh, I don't want to date a, a broke black man. I don't want to date a, a black man that work at McDonald's. I don't want to date a black man that's do doing worse than me or, you know, I'll be dating down. You never hear black men saying that. You just don't. They need you to riot to burn, to shoot, to target. They need that because everything is about to collapse and it can't be blamed on them because they're the ones who are gonna say to the rest of the world, see, this is what happens. This is what happens when you let free people be free. We were to lose, we would not be getting invited to the White House. And I remember she made a comment about both teams should be invited because it would be the it was forced sportsmanship. After what Dr. Joe Biden did to the LSU women's basketball team after they won a championship, when she decided to platform Iowa who lost instead of celebrating the team that won, 
when she decided to invite a losing team to the White House, even though it is not customary to do so. That has never happened before. The losing team never gets invited. When she decided to do that, she fueled the flames of racism that LSU was enduring. So, no. Angel Reese does not have to accept her apology. She does not have to go to the White House. And LSU, the whole women's basketball team, does not have to accept Joe Biden's apology. Because what she did in inviting Iowa to the White House is just an unprecedented amount of disrespect. LSU women's basketball should be celebrated. There shouldn't even be a need or a desire to diminish their accomplishments. Hi, uh, my name is Peyton McNabb. I'm a senior at Hawassi Dam High School in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, due to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy allowing biological males to compete against biological females, my life has forever been changed. On September 1st, 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I'm still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season, and although I am currently playing softball, I am not able to perform as well as I know I have in the past because of the injury. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. I could go on and on about how this incident has affected my life, but I'm not here for that because I'm not here for me. Because for me, I know that my time playing is coming to an end. I'm here for every biological female athlete behind me. My little sister, my cousins, my teammates, Allowing biological males to compete against biological females is dangerous. I may be the first to come before you with an injury, but if this doesn't pass, I won't be the last. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy states that it allows participation in interscholastic athletics for all students, regardless of gender or gender identification. It is the intent that all students are able to compete on a level playing field in a safe, competitive, and friendly environment, free of discrimination. Clearly, that does not include biological female athletes. Something doesn't add up when a pastor makes a lot of money, drives a luxury car, and yet the people who live near his church are in poverty. <laughs> A scuffle inside the sanctuary after New Era Detroit protests during a worship service. Zeke, the leader of the group, offered no apologies for the dust-up at Great Faith Ministry Saturday, only the reasoning behind it. The situation is bigger than just Wayne T. Jackson. This is about black churches and black pastors who live a lavish life on behalf of the people, and they're not giving back to their community. He's referring to Bishop Wayne T. Jackson, the wealthy pastor that welcomed Donald Trump, drives a Rolls Royce, and lives in a mansion. Zeke was there for the offering Saturday. When they started the offering at a thousand dollars and then they said if you don't got a thousand dollars then do 300 and if you, if you 
as we are the first law enforcement partners in the world to make arrests in connection with the Chinese government's overseas police stations. Now, the defendants, Liu Jianwang and Chen Jinping were arrested earlier this morning at their homes in New York City. As alleged, the defendants worked together to establish an overseas police station in Manhattan's Chinatown on behalf of the Fuzhou branch of the Chinese government's national police force, the NPS. These defendants did China's bidding in secret while acting under the direction and control of, the, of an NPS official in China. As we are the first law enforcement so on that very first appointment with Shayna Gordon, she told me my projected path. She said, you are going to get top surgery and bottom surgery because you need it to be aligned. And I will write you your letters of recommendation when you need them for the next one. Here's yours for hormones, but this is your path. Meet Prisha Mosley. At age 25, she is undergoing the gender detransition process after medical professionals convinced her as a troubled teenager that she was a boy needed to inject testosterone and have a double mastectomy just after her 18th birthday. I began testosterone within weeks by getting a letter of recommendation which the trans community told me I needed to unlock all treatment. So I found a gender affirming therapist who was certified by WPATH online and I had a very brief like 15 to 30 minute appointment with her wherein she told me that I was a boy. So then I took that letter of recommendation to a pediatric endocrinologist and that very same day I started testosterone and then not even a whole year later at 18 I had a radical double mastectomy. Project Veritas has previously reported on WPATH, the World Professional Association for Transgendered Health. WPATH is at the epicenter of the nearly billion dollar industry diagnosing gender dysphoria and the subsequent sex reassignment surgery market. Uh, some of the Dutch researchers started, uh, gave some data about um, young adults who had transitioned and reproductive regret, like regret, and it's there. Um, and I don't think any of that surprises us. I already talked about it, but most of the kids are nowhere in any kind of a frame space to really, really, really talk about it in a serious way. I, that's always bothered me, but you know, we still want the kids to be happy, happier in the moment, right? At the core of our investigation is just how quickly medical professionals will offer life-altering treatments to young children, which begs the question, how young is too young? I'm just, I've never done a 10-year-old, yeah. to be quite clear with you, I've done 15 since the... Meet Dr. Matthew Pabas, a family medicine specialist at the St. Mark's Institute in New York City. Here, he admits that he performs transgender surgery on children as young as 15. You don't think anybody can do that for a 10-year-old, can do the surgery? They could, yeah. That's, yeah. Who, that's who we're looking for. That, that, that's that's we're looking just, for again, that's going to definitely a psych, psychiatrist to sign off on it. Okay. 100%. If we were able to get that, though, from yeah. a certified psychiatrist, Psychiatrists yeah. to bring that into the person, the and they wouldn't be like, "Oh, they're too young." They can Again, this is like how they have. Well, I'm going to hook you up with the groups that actually do this, like centers. Okay. Yeah. Centers that do this. Yeah. So they will have all the resources in one. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Okay. Just at 10 years old, it's right when puberty stage. So I don't know. I don't want to shortchange him and start testosterone blockers and like something his bones fuse and he's short. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it'd be better to like delay puberty or, or whatever they do till age 14, let them grow a little bit and then start the teeth. It's just the, the trauma of it. Of course, no, 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 that, that's, yeah. that also takes into it that like, should we just be on blockers now? Like where nothing's gonna grow. Testosterone block, the hormone blockers, um, once you get over, like they'll just stop you where you are. I mean, and that's the thing, I just don't do such young kids, 10 year olds. Mm. I, I'll look, I'll call around and find a place for you guys. I don't leave you guys hanging. Yeah, yeah. So like I know Callum Lord, I don't know if you look them up. They're, yeah. the, they're, they're a big uh, thing they might do children. I just will call around. We went to Callum Lord, which describes itself as, quote, the global leader in LGBTQ healthcare. The community health center based in New York City was quick to address what services could be offered to our hypothetical tenure. I, so I'm not sure like why we mm -hmm. don't think people know that they're So um, we don't like have any uh, like surgical care. That's not like part of anything we do here. Okay. But we refer, refer patients like, we have like surgery navigators, like a team okay. of them that help with um, like external surgery. Yeah, I don't know what the youngest would be. But I can get, try to get like, that information. So um, I spoke to her, and so she said the only reason that we cut off at 13 is because we're like a teen adolescent program. Mm. That's like literally okay. the reason that we don't have like pediatric care. Okay. She said that it definitely exists. Like pediatric trans care definitely exists. So Mount Sinai Adolescent Clinic, they started age 10. This is the doctor. Um, okay. Kind of supportive, have tons of group and supportive services. So this is the website to it. So we spoke to Dr. Stever, who had this to say regarding minors seeking transgender care. Would the next step, or is there a possibility that we could get my puberty blockers soon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A ten-year-old. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I follow the WPATH guidelines. Um, you know, the World Professional Association Transgender Health Guidelines, and really what they would say is. Um, uh, the way to go at this age, age 10, would be something like a puberty blocker. Either Luprolide, which is an injection every three months, or uh, Tryptorelin, which is an injection every six months. Um, and that really stops puberty pretty quickly so that no further development of the secondary sexual characteristics um, happens. So things like there's no real chest development, there's no menstruation, things like that. And it's a safe medicine to use for up to three, four years or so. Um, after that, there's some question about bone acquisition. When you then get to age 14, uh, is when I'll consider some you know, cross-gender hormones. 14 is a reasonable age. Most, most kids are mature enough to make a relatively informed uh, decision. My name is Quentin Van Meter. I'm a board-certified pediatric endocrinologist in private practice in Atlanta, Georgia. So the first one we'll talk about are the puberty blockers. That's a generic term. These are drugs that are very cleverly designed to interrupt the pituitary gland signaling to the gonad. That would either be the ovary or the testicle to get them started. The body changes significantly. The brain changes significantly. Uh, the organs, the ovaries and testicles change significantly. And if you interrupt that in the middle of what is supposed to be true puberty, you're, you're taking away something that is necessary and truly physiologic to in that child. We, we don't know if that can be recovered if it's blocked in the middle of adolescence. There are no studies to show that is safe. The science isn't really settled about the best way to do that. I have a, plenty of people who will stay on the puberty blocker 
uh, and add in testosterone to give them the, the purity that they are seeking. And that also helps really ensure that the puberty that they are not seeking, um, you know, chest development and stuff like that doesn't happen. Puberty is not a disease. It's not something that you want to get rid of. You need it to, to move from a pre-reproductive state to a reproductive state. And without it, you can't get there. Cross-gender hormones, testosterone in this case, um, you know, do have some permanent effects. Uh, and so I need, the, I need the patient to be a little, to be mature enough to make a, a relatively informed decision. I get it that there are some 14-year-olds that are not, you know, mature, but generally speaking, they usually are pretty good. Once we obtained this footage at multiple sites in New York, we decided to investigate further by scheduling appointments at clinics all over the country. We visited nearly 50 different clinics across eight states. Listen to what Nora Scott, a licensed social worker at Dell Children Medical Center in Austin, Texas, tells our undercover journalists. Um, we do have patients who are starting as young as uh, eight, nine. Um, okay. So we do have folks on the younger side. So we take a few different types of patients, and there is not a wait list currently for a gender patient. They okay. could get scheduled um, more quickly than some of our other types of patients right now for those. Um, and then in regards to prescribing, that's up to the prescriber's discretion. They might just require a couple of appointments just to see. Um, it might be appropriate after one. It's not something that we want to gatekeep and require someone yeah. to you know, come see us 10 times before it's prescribed. We have a list of gender-affirming therapists that we yeah. can provide to. Um, so that's something outside of the clinic that's um, generally very... But it's not required to be seen here? But it's not, it's okay. not required. It would be required if you were trying to go through, as they were older, like a formal surgery and you needed reference letters, um, you would need a therapist letter, but if you're not going through that process, it's not required. Stay tuned for part two, where we dive... A new Project Veritas video shows an undercover investigation of Gender Transition Center's practices, and it's raising concerns that puberty blockers may be administered to children as young as eight. Let's see some of that footage now. The youngest we've seen come here that they are trans has been eight and up. So we build pages back on the same becoming a body cells. We had a 14, 15 year old who it's still undocumented. Um, Has she been able to start, like, hormones? She just started, yeah. Oh, wow. Earlier today, I spoke with the Heritage Foundation Senior Research Fellow, Jay Richards, who has covered this topic in depth. Jay, thanks so much for coming on again. Now, recent reports from Project Ver Veritas appear to show that there are healthcare providers out there who are offering to transition preteens. What's your sense of the scope of this? Well, and so the reality, so if you're a preteen, you, that would be too young for things like cross-sex hormones. So you don't start cross-sex hormones until you're in puberty, but it certainly could be, it's happening um, with a puberty blocking drug. So the whole point of puberty blocking drugs is basically to freeze a child's development in place. And so if a child has not gotten to what's called Tanner stage two, they could in theory be put on puberty blockers. So we know, for instance, if you look at the, the WPATH guidelines, this international organization that advocates uh, gender ideology, 
they don't actually have an age minimum, so there's really no limit. And so we're quite certain that uh, at least some preteens, so in other words, kids that may be seven, eight, nine years old, are getting put on uh, puberty blockers for purposes of so-called gender-affirming care. Even when it comes to teenagers, some doctors say that a 14-year-old may be mature enough to make decisions on things like cross-sex hormones. What's your response to that? I mean, here's, that is the fundamental question. I mean, the reality is that we recognize that uh, kids, certainly minors that are early in their teen years, first of all, their brains are not fully developed. We recognize they can't fully consent to things. We, they can't vote. They're not in the military. Uh, we don't let 14-year-olds drive cars. That's just a simple recognition that the human uh, reality that we develop these capacities over time. A lot of males, for instance, don't really fully develop mentally until they're about 25 years old. And so I honestly do not think that a 14-year-old can fully consent in an informed way to a procedure like this that will have lifelong consequences. And so I think that's the actual question. It's the idea that a 14-year-old could consent, say, to his or her sterilization, uh, but could not legally consent, say, to get married, um, just doesn't make any sense. And so essentially, the gender ideology is causing us to contradict standards that we maintain in every other walk of life. And where do the states stand on this? Because I know that they've been making laws more and more in one direction or the other to increase or decrease access. Could you give us an update on that? I mean, 2023 has been an amazing year. I mean, if you think of, of gender ideology along the, the uh, analogy of World War II, uh, a couple of years ago was Pearl Harbor. This is the year of Midway and Guadalcanal. In other words, uh, a lot of states, about a, a, at least a dozen uh, as of today, um, have passed laws that in some way restrict so-called gender-affirming care procedures for minors. And so that's this cross-sex hormones, puberty blocking uh, drugs, and surgery. And so this is this is very positive development. I think probably every one of those laws will get litigated. Uh, but what I would expect to see here in the next couple of years is there's going to be a showdown between states that say, look, we're not going to do this to kids, um, and the Department of Health and Human Services under President Biden, who is pushing this uh, with all the force that they can. And I, my hope is that we will have a national debate over the scientific evidence for these procedures, because if we can focus on the science and the evidence, um, I have no doubt about uh, which way the outcome will uh, will turn. And that's just, at the moment, that's the debate that we need to have. We need to have a debate over the evidence for the benefits and costs of these procedures. And so what more do you think needs to be done now to protect children from these life-changing procedures without proper well, consultation? At the moment, we have still a minority of states that have actually done this. Like I said, 12 of the 50 states have passed a law on this this year. Um, some other states have, have done that in, in previous sessions. I think ultimately this stuff ends with major lawsuits against pediatric gender clinics. I have no doubt in my mind that that will happen uh, because the victims of these places will still be walking around. Um, but that could be five years out. And so the, the, the job for state legislators and policymakers at the moment is to try to do what we can to stop these ghoulish procedures before the lawsuits start. up this phase just trying to holler at y'all see what's going on had a lot on my mind reminiscing trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind 
trying to figure out some puzzles. I'm not here to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. Just got some things that I want to get done. Some things that I want to get solved. Some things I want to enlighten myself with. So maybe y'all take a time and to get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so. Very intellectual. So if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room. Just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day. And thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth. Try to act defend the shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work. Specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even want to teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this. What's the piece to mark? Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in a headlock. On me. I'm asking you to take a chance on your own aspirations. I'm not just asking you to take a chance on me. I'm also asking you to take a chance on your own aspirations. I haven't spent much of my life in politics, which most of you know, but I've spent enough time in Washington to know how much we need to change Washington. I haven't spent a lot of time learning the ways of Washington, but I've been there long enough to know that the ways of Washington must change. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is to announce that the task and force globally is now ready. As the thumbnail says, we'll be physically going out to shut down these solicitors' offices. This includes condemning the banks, actually shutting them down, uh, condemning the buildings, condem condemning them in business, you know, that means on, um, on the registers that they use, okay? And also the mortgage providers and the people that have been polluting your children, mutilating them, toxifying them, and using that against the parents like in Texas, as horrific as it sounds, if any child goes to Texas and says they want a transgender, the state will take full custody and the parents will be divorced from those children and then they will give them the surgery. This is like, say, a nine-year-old that has decided that it's a girl or a boy and the state will mutilate it. So what I'm saying to you, we'll be taking full custody of that and we will be seeking the death penalty and uh, where the death penalty is not appropriate, lifetime imprisonments. And I will also be sanctioning physical punishment upon these adults okay what they call corporate punishments they will be handed out so what i'm going to do is hand it over uh to janine and dean 
because they will be joining me next week to go out and today is the 6th of April so next week will be whatever that is the 12th or 11th okay so there's nothing theoretical about this this is happening globally yeah I'm handing it over to you now for you guys to say what you need to hello there um, ladies and gentlemen um, we'd like to say that um, what we've achieved so far has been on a whole different level never thought that we could get so far forward so quickly um, we've managed to shut down Tavis Scott we have stopped all the parties and we have stopped um, the toxic what they've been putting in our food as in feces, etc. Um, we have we are going to be shutting down coroners, of course. Um, we are going to be shutting down schools and condemning them. Um, and then we'll answer this. We've also got a service processing group worldwide of 38 groups containing six to seven, eight people in each group. Service processing will mark to help bring the global constitution and a judicial notice into level playing so the world is equal for all. Now, this is a massive achievement thanks to Mark. We didn't have a global constitution before. We thought we had a global constitution, we thought we had a Magna Carta. But when we researched into where the global constitution or any form of constitution was, we couldn't find anything. In fact, we found factual proof there isn't one on Wikipedia. So thanks to Mark, we are now working very hard globally to bring this to an end worldwide and to live on a level plane with no more harm and no more brutal barbarism. So thanks to Mark at the head of the helm. We are getting work done, we're getting done, and we're not just talking now, we're achieving. So thank you, Mark. We have, written, um, we have got risk assessments ready to be going out to schools across the globe. Um, Letters have been sent out to, to the relevant people at the top to let me know that we will be coming to trickle it down to the bottom. So this will be like cautious schools. We will be coming randomly to do a risk assessment on the schools and the teachers. Um, thanks to Mark and, and the task force and the champions who were able to achieve this. So we thank everyone out there who has been supporting us. And this is just the beginning. You know? So the real, the real work starts now. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking forward to it. So you mentioned something about feces in, the, in food. Explain a little bit more. Well, um, they will basically they have been feeding us them, ourselves they've been feeding us shit as well as um, meat from men and women as in our, our young beings as well um, if you so these are aborted fetuses that have been directly put into the food supply like Pepsi Cola got permission to do that from Obama who said we're going to use uh, fetus tissue as a flavour announcement which is code for saying that we're going to get people to take a, uh, take on cannibalism you know, to say that these people are barbaric they, don't, they eat their own children and etc this is not witchcraft this is quite literally wickedness because your subconscious mind knows this. Is that what you were saying? Exactly what I was saying, Mark. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, if you go in the supermarkets that I shop and I have to read everything and then you pick up something which says it has pork and then it says natural flavour. Right? So you have to think what is natural to me, to myself, whatever comes out of it, whatever leak before or whatever. So um, yeah, it's absolutely wicked and disgusting and we're, we're putting a stop to it. We have put a stop to it. Yeah. So can I just pick on a few other things? It is said certainly during Tony Blair's time, that 75% of London drinking water tap is actually sewage, 75% of it is sewage. This is sewage that you flush down a toilet, not rainwater gutter, but sewage. You know, the general public, the people listening to this, have to comprehend when you feed people sewage, your subconscious mind knows that you're feeding it sewage, and therefore you behave like sewage, you think like sewage, because you are drinking and eating other people's urine and feces. That's a gigantic, uh, concentration camp. Now, where you guys are, the sewage plants are just like a mile from where you are. No, 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 that hundred meters. Hundred meters, okay. There's one there. And the other one's about half a mile, yeah, so we are surrounded by terms of water sewage. Yeah. Even though we don't have shortage of water and things, they make sure that they spend time and money feeding you sewage and getting you to drink sewage. All because your subconscious mind knows, your spirit knows, that you're eating and drinking human feces and human urine. In addition to that, in your food supplies, flavor, flavor enhancements, 
that you are eat uh, that you are eating the flesh of your own kind, yeah, which is baby aborted baby tissues. And in America, it's, it was very strong until we put it to a stop. They were feeding aborted black babies tissues into the food supply for the black people because they wanted to keep the black people as black. And what does black mean? They wanted to keep the data set, you know, and, and the dark-skinned people in those parts of the world are waking up. And I'm telling them, you've got no choice but to go and report this to the sheriff. And if he doesn't do anything there and then, at that particular time, you drag him out and you beat that motherfucker, yeah, for perpetrating crimes against you. You beat that little motherfucker. And I ain't, and I'm not going to use any diplomatic language with these people. When they do that, you enter a world which we'll be talking about in the second broadcast called Zero Tolerance. So next week, we're physically going down, shutting down these solicitors' office, banks, corporations, mortgage uh, providers, the mutilating of children, and of course, pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, if they don't say they're not producing poisons anymore, then they are deemed condemned. Okay, so perhaps you guys can say a little bit more about that. Well, Marco, I've got personal, what should I say? I've experienced this all my life with my own parents, the pharmaceutical industry. I've watched both my parents be ill. They wasn't ill, and I mean, my dad was quite ill, he had heart problems, but my mum, she had a bruise. She had no illness apart from a bruise. She only became ill when they fed her chemotherapy. Then I started noticing my mum dying. Before that, I just saw a bruise. I was naive, I was young, and I was unaware of what I could have done at the time, and I didn't regret now, Mark. But thanks to you, I'm starting to make a change show. This doesn't happen to anyone else again. We're going to end cancer. We're going to end the whole industry, Mark. And I'm just amazed that I found you to be able to help me to do that because I've always wanted to achieve the ending of all this illness because I knew it was man-made. And it is man-made. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. And it's called cancer for a reason because of the constellation cancer. The family, you know, that probably promotes it or somebody else does and blames, blames it on the cancer family as opposed to the Leo family, which are the 12 constellations, which are known as the 12 houses that rule your world. These are the 12 houses. They, of course, was, until I turned out, missing a so-called fiduciary, which is the 13th. Yeah. So, now, what I wanted to ask, what I wanted to explore with you is that you have actually gone through training. You've gone through training on how to handcuff people, how to handle uh, constables in order to deputize them. So you've been given all the training to be able to physically restrain people with handcuffs, which is your duty. You've also heard of this council as well, Mark, because of the horrific evidence that we have to, you know, research, how to mentally, physically, and morally be ready for this job. No, the whole team is, most of us, Yeah. Um, We've done a great job. And as I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to do some real work now. For me, that is. Yeah, up to now, the solicitor's office have enjoyed some level of immunity and we're going to take that immunity from them because how can a rapist claim immunity? You know, how can an actor that has damaged the audience, that has set fire to the audience in their theatre of war and in their theatre for, for public opinion, which is like uh, words that the, you know, the Americans and the uh, Europeans need to understand, is that so many of the things that you're seeing on telly are for the theatre for public opinion, which means they're eliciting your opinion in order to create a legislation on a theatre show. A good example in this country, during the height of the terrorism that took place on Muslim people, blaming them for everything and anything, they got in the Glasgow airport, they did a theatre show where they, uh, two doctors smashed into the airport, in Glasgow airport in England, and set themselves on fire as failed terrorists, and police turned up and shot them as well, and then the fire brigade came along and put the flames out, and it was so horrific that everybody watching, including me, believed it, that these two crazy Muslim doctors, Muslim doctors, doctors, medical doctors, tried to perform a terrorist attack in Glasgow airport and set themselves on fire as there's some sort of ajij or dijij or whatever funny names these people use. And they got me believing it as well. And then, and then a couple of weeks later, they said, oh yeah, the rehearsal for that uh, came, came out very well. Okay, and it was all just an acting show, but a small ad just appears in the newspaper. Yeah, but in reality, 
That was a whole theater show. These people need to be shut down and beaten on the streets for performing terrorism and frightening people with their theater show and then saying it was just a theater show. No, you frighten the audience. You frighten them so much because you got them to believe it's for real. And on the back of that, you created legislations on the back of the theater show. Any piece of dog shit out there that's doing that, they're going to be administered corporal punishment through my office. <laughs> so don't think you're going to be safe. And people that hide in the private, in their homes, no, a rapist can't hide in the private. Yeah, I have the ability to breach that because living in the private is a privilege and I control that privilege. I can take it away from you. So we're going to go into people's homes that have been caught red-handed and they're going to understand. Wake up. Smart lights, smart poles, smart cars, smart neighborhoods, smart homes and smart appliances all connected to wireless networks and communicating with each other. So what's wrong with that? Technology is good, isn't it? All this is for your safety, security and convenience, isn't it? Well, let me tell you, your streets are spying on you, your mobile phone is spying on you, your cities are spying on you and the infrastructure for future lockdowns is being put into place right now. Don't be fooled. You're being set up to be tracked through your movements and through the future of your digital wallets. By handing over your data, you're handing over the ability to monitor your behaviour, which will soon be turned into a social credit score. And once the central bank digital currencies are in place, you won't get to spend your money without approval. Digital ID will soon become a reality in Australia. Many other countries are already rolling these systems out. Countries like Canada, Scotland and many others. Eventually, you won't be able to access any government or public services. You won't be able to travel across borders or access healthcare or the internet without a digital ID. Think you won't comply? I think you will. The last two years were the dress rehearsal and we fell for it hook, line and sinker. Australians are sleepwalking into this technocratic future. And while we're sitting around, scratching our chins, trying to work out whether this is really happening, Australia is drifting towards a dystopian digital future. River, the Euphrates dries up. Syria's longest river has receded, parching tea. The Euphrates River has delivered unparalleled prosperity to Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia during the previous 6,000 years. It's been the region's primary water supply, and its development and fertility have been unprecedented. However, things in the river are changing, and new questions are emerging. Why is the river so significant? What lies under the Euphrates? How does it relate to the rapture and Christ's second coming? In this video, we'll share the horrifying information that scientists have learned about the changes in the Euphrates River, and what they could signify for the future of humanity. Recently, a video of this river that a guide displayed revealed that the water level had decreased quickly. It has also shown the existence of an ideal building with perfectly placed complete steps under the Euphrates River. According to scientists, recent years have seen an upsurge in droughts in Middle Eastern nations. In the following years, the temperature is likely to increase considerably more. It is predicted that by 2040, the rivers Euphrates and Tigris, which play a significant part in most of the world's religious sculptures, will have entirely dried up. Along with the rising temperatures, many researchers in the field of science believe that a rise in the concentration of populants occurs whenever there is a decrease in the quantity of water available. They believe that everything living in those rivers has difficulty keeping itself alive. 
It is further believed that the river Euphrates supplied water to the Garden of Eden, and that it had a role at the beginning of the development of a significant civilization many thousands of years ago. Mesopotamia had reached its pinnacle during that period, having achieved its most tremendous success with the assistance of this river. As the rivers continued to recede, there was a concurrent increase in the visibility of the riverbed's historic archaeological sites. Cliffs that had been flooded in the past have now exposed tombs constructed into the rock face and date back to a time before the Christian period. There are several prophecies and myths about the river drying up. This river, and what lies underneath it, have links to Christianity, Islam, and ancient Babylon. There is an old myth that Babylon had a tunnel beneath the Euphrates that united the two sides of the city and Mesopotamia, and Christianity and Islam predict that this river will dry up. Christianity's interpretation of a 90... So the names that you just mentioned, Barack Obama, Stephen Tyler, Joe Biden, Michelle Obama, have you had personal sexual experiences with these people? Yes. These people participated in sex abuse firsthand with you? Yes. Can you tell that story? Because that's important for people to understand it and to know. And to this point, I don't think a national platform has given you the opportunity to say those things. No, because everybody is complicit. It, it, everybody is complicit. It is covered up by your local FBI. It is covered up by your local police department. It is underground tunnels. There's a whole world. Um, it's a different way of life. There's every source of transportation. <laughs> when I met Joe Biden, um, I was rushed through many celebrities. Um, half of them I did not know. Um, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't phase me to see them. It didn't, um, some of them were actually very conceited and cocky that I didn't know who they were. Um, underground, under the Getty Museum in Los Angeles, there are many tunnels. Um, again, there's, there's a way, there's a way of transportation. There's every single way of transportation under the ground. Um, I was sold to Joe Biden. Um, multiple times. Um, My name is Joseph Spencer. From May 1970 to October 1997, I served the United States government as a top secret operative, but not in a category that is commonly known or understood. I was known as a man in black. Following seven years acting as a counterintelligence agent for the CIA, I was recruited for a new assignment that entailed working with thin, above top secret operations. I was aware of the black budget projects, but never knew the context of them due to their high level of secrecy. Even the president was denied access to their inner workings. Annually, billions of dollars are poured into black projects, which operate without any supervision or intrusion. They have full autonomy. 
The operation deal primarily with advancing military technologies, most of which have been reversed engineered from recovered alien spacecrafts that had either crashed or were shot down by our military. The public, sadly, will never, ever have knowledge of these operations. This transition in my life happened in 1970. The senior black project director was William T. Latham, who had worked under CIA executive director Richard Schlesinger. Latham stated that I was the perfect candidate for my new position. I was a foster child, and I had no connections to existing relatives. I had no friends or social life. It was easy for them to erase my past and provide me with a new identity. I gave myself to them as a priest would to his God. But first, my mind had to be erased. I was injected with various forms of mind-altering drugs, LSD, heroin, mescaline, morphine, sodium pentothal, and more. Drug-induced hypnosis followed with anti-grade and retrograde amnesia. The goal was to program me to do two things, kill and forget. After nine months of programming, I had become a man in black. What I later discovered was that not all the men in black were human. About a third were alien hybrids. Their distinctive feature was the absence of whites in their eyes, giving the impression of empty eye sockets. This unsettled me, and it took months to adjust to, to the reality of alien integration. My assignments largely dealt with UFO sightings and crash sites. In August of 1971, I witnessed my first UFO crash site just north of Edwards Air Force Base in California. Inside the craft were three great humanoids, two dead, one still alive. Also in the craft was a human female abductee. The alien humanoids were transported to the base. The two witnesses had arrived before us and took several photographs. The first surrendered his camera, but the second fled. When we apprehended him, he resisted, and I was ordered to silence him, which I did. The killing of witnesses was executed with a wand that acted very much like today's taser, but the voltage from the wand caused immediate cardiac arrest, and the victim's death would be attributed to natural causes. We silenced countless victims, not only men, but women of all ages and even teenagers. The following day, after each kill, our memories were reset so we would have no recollection of the murders. A good majority of the victims were ufologists and whistleblowers. Among the ufologists I personally silenced were Paul William Cooper, Milton Vigay, Claude Monroe, Anthony Vargas, and noted documentarian Samantha Willis. When my wand malfunctioned with Samantha, I resorted to strangulation. She fought for her life for almost two minutes. In recalling this act, I stared into her pleading eyes for the entire duration with absolutely no remorse, guilt, or feelings. That was how effective the mind conditioning was. And it's her face that haunts my dreams more than anyone's to this day. So they stuffed out a documentarian? Yep. Well, that's not good to hear. Yeah. All right, move, move, we're going to move on. In 1954, Dwight Eisenhower signed 
what's known as the Granada Treaty with the alien gray race. In exchange for shared alien technologies, the greys were allowed to abduct a number of humans annually for medical examination. The greys also demanded anonymity from the public. A short time later, human technology took a giant leap forward with circuit chips, fiber optics, and lasers. The Granada Treaty is still active today, but the number of human abductions has increased despite objections from the world governments. Now, the really interesting part. Every year, at least 8 million children go missing in the world. I can attest that one-third of them are abducted by government operatives and transported to any one of the 1,477 underground military installations on the planet, then imprisoned for the remainder of their lives. The children are subjected to biological and genetic experiments, dissections, and mutilations performed not by human scientists, but an alien gray species. During my stay at the Vanguard underground base north of Phoenix, Arizona, I witnessed many of these procedures. Because there was no form of anesthesia administered to the young patients, the halls reverberated with the screams of tortured children from morning to night. The ones that perished were incinerated in the installation's crematorium. My point of contact, point of contact at this base was Lieutenant Colonel Charles T. Leninger, and he was a human-alien hybrid. And get ready for this. In 1994, the World Population Summit in Cairo, Egypt, had 160 nations participate, where they all agreed that the human population was out of control and must be stopped because the world is running out of resources. An agreement was formed that would mandate the reduction of humans from 6 billion to 800 million by the year 2030. This meant finding a method or methods to wipe out nearly 95% of the population. Solutions were discovered, investigated, tested, then created, and have been in full force since. The procedures have been inflicted onto the human race are as follows. One, toxic levels of chemically enhanced fluoride have been secretly added to our drinking water over the last 20 years in every city and community on the planet. I personally oversaw the delivery of fluoride barrels to Denver, Chicago, Tampa, and Minneapolis water departments. The adverse effects of fluoride poisoning to the human body are numerous and debilitating. The effects to children is damage to their neurological development, among other serious ailments. Two, man-made viruses and diseases. The AIDS virus, which was a design and byproduct of the American Disease Institute, was distributed through vaccines to the public in 1980. Instituted as a preliminary population control tactic, the results were successful and led to more lab-produced viruses that have since been unleashed onto the public. Among those is the development of a mutated version of the common flu to replicate the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed 40 million people. The first strain of this new flu virus will be released to the public in late 2017. So if we see a flu outbreak in the late 2017 or early 2018 that's killing people, we'll know this is true. My point of 
the America 2050 documents outline which areas of the country will be depopulated and which areas will be politically absorbed into 10 new mega regions. The Rockefellers envision most of the depopulation to occur in the central corridor of the United States. These are the same states that experienced the most COVID vaccine deaths, a massive area that is not included in the America 2050 infrastructure map and excluded from the new high-speed rail system planned. A big part of Rockefeller's America 2050 is the high-speed rail in America plan, which requires the use of existing railways for its implementation. Some are suggesting that this is why we are seeing so many train derailments. There have been over a dozen derailments and chemical spills on railways in just the past few months, some of which, like the one in East Palestine, are highly suspicious. And these chemical spills could be used as an excuse by the state to evacuate you from your homes and steal your land. The Comprehensive Environmental Response, Compensation and Liability Act, commonly known as Superfund, was enacted by Congress in 1980. The Superfund provides the EPA with the authority to seize control of private lands for long-term remedial response actions during the event of a toxic disaster. If what we are being told about the chemicals that were burned and released into East Palestine is true, then the EPA could plausibly shut down a massive area. And Cleveland can house the dislocated Ohioans in their 15-minute cities while the government cleans up the mess and accepts the land as payment. Whether it's called Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, or America 2050, the United Nations and their friends are never going to quit. There's a list of top-ranking medical professionals. Just take a look. I'm talking about, excuse me, medical Dr. Peter McCullough. No, 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 I want to go through what happened here. Consensus. This is, this is the problem I need the you consensus. Need the consensus, okay, I just medical want, professional. I want you to... Uh, because no. the medical is so huge, I can find you an astrophysicist who is sure we've been visited the by aliens. The problem was... That's not the, the consensus. The problem was the scientific method died here, and this is the point I want to make. I, my it point, died a death here, need, and I need you to help me save it. Because Dr. Peter McCullough is the leading... Titles don't matter here. It's but what they, should they matter, don't matter. What, what should matter. What should matter was that the consensus was not allowing to the table. That you bring that person here and have this conversation. I have. With okay. I have. So you don't have to have the conversation with me. But I want I want science and and so here's what we have. We have Peter we have Peter McCullough, world renowned heart doctor, saying I and seeing a rise in myocarditis because of this vaccine. We have the leading ICU, second most published science, uh, Paul Merrick. I'm just, I, hear me out here, hear me out. I know, you, I know, all right? These have all been on my show. Dr. Robert Malone, part of the inventing factor behind the mRNA vaccine. All these people have been censored. They were shut down. They were kept from talking to the people in Washington. Johnny Eni was putting out the data. Dr. Okay. J, I'll show you. Okay. 
Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, Dr. Sinetri Gupta, Dr. Martin Kohler, Oxford University, Harvard School of Medicine, Stanford School of Medicine, they put together the Great Barrington Declaration, which was an approach towards this to say, let's do protect that simple, small group that we know needs to be protected and figure out a way the rest of us can establish our herd immunity around them. And the NIH, who's supposed to be objective on this, we now have internal email, because this is what I do. I actually put in FOIA requests. We know that this is what Francis Collins said about those people before even talking to them. There needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of the premise being brought by these scientists. That was the approach to science. No other science can be allowed in here. You started this out by saying every challenge should come in, every way to say that we don't agree with the hypothesis. Maybe these people say you don't need the vaccine, there's a way through this, or we should be tactical with the vaccine. All of these people were kept out of the all conversation. I can, all I can comment and you were there. wanting me to sign onto a, a, a social contract where the scientific method isn't being used. Oh, okay. I that list of highly pedigreed yeah. medical professionals that you are citing, yeah. I'm not interested in medical pedigree. I'm interested in medical consensus, in scientific consensus. The moment someone says, well, I'm of this highfalutin school or this, that's like, okay, that means they're going to say something that goes against the consensus, and they want to use that to help other people follow what it is they say. I'm just saying you need someone who represents a medical consensus here to have that conversation with. We had a medical consensus around a product that we knew nothing about and a medical consensus around a virus nothing. that told us that exactly they knew nothing about. That, that they kept something. telling us we know very little about it. So why was there a medical consensus that was keeping out renowned scientists from the conversation when they were telling us on television we don't know a lot about this virus we're trying to figure it out scientists that were on the ground that were dealing with patients were being censored were being shut down their youtube channels were being shut down their linkedins were being shut because down because the individual scientist does not matter we started this conversation on that very but fact. But the scientific the individual method scientific, does. Yes, of course it does. And the scientific method producing a consensus. And whatever is that consensus... All right, then I'll moment, tell you this. It's kind of the best you when have. I can look, when I can look now in the rearview mirror and said it while it was happening, that there is a... And by the way, all the scientists I just showed proved to be right. They told you that this virus, that the vaccine would not end this and, and would actually cause an endemic because you've now made people that cannot clear this virus and kill it. They're all asymptomatic carriers. That's all this vaccine keeps doing. So now we're stuck with this virus. We didn't follow the same path we always have with every other illness like former coronaviruses well, and most of the time death flus. Rates are huh? low. The hospitals are the highest. Low. The, the, I mean, I, things are... Thank for now, for now, but as you and I both know, these variants continue to be out there, and we are all worried that there could be a variant in the future that could be dangerous. But all that being said, mm -hmm. in the end, what I am standing for is that there's no challenge being allowed, that the NIH, when it's telling us, is objectively looking at a virus they're telling us they don't know much about, is pushing out top people in their field who are trying to get to the table. They're trying to say there's something you're not looking at. And this, and when you want to talk about a problem, how about not funding to do that study again? How about not allowing into the room Let me people with great perspective?
fuck me with you You the reason why I chose to fuck with you Yeah, your birthday in October, you the Libra guy And plus you savage, baby, you can come and meet the guy You call my phone, I pick it up soon as I hear it rain I turn you to my wife and bought your ass a diamond ring I know you working hard, but let's chill on the weekend I take you to my spot and we can get the freaking Gentle. I'ma pull up in a rental, then I drop it, then I 